fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Hey, welcome into the program, the longest week of 2023. Andy, what do you mean? It's the same as every week. No, no. No, no. This is especially hard. This is especially long for individuals. This is the first full week back at work before at the end of 2022 the new year with all the holidays and we have a really long stretch before another holiday to get another break off so this is the longest week to get you back into the groove of things and we are here my friends to help you with that transition and work your way through another chaotic workday welcome into the show this is the voice reason i am andy who's your welcome aboard broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in wichita kansas on our flagship radio station we are all over the your radio waves tv waves live streaming podcasting however you watch or listen to the program we always love you appreciate you very very much your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day we're kicking off this week with a new guest a great guest i'm excited about sophia menalesco she is the program director for jexit andy what the hell is that that is jews exiting the democrat party Oh, yes. As we talk about anti-Semitism in the nation, the rise of socialism in the nation, and how that does not fare well for our brothers and sisters in the Jewish community. So we'll talk with that and Sophia coming up at the bottom of the hour. There's a lot to get to today. Holy cow. I know it's a Monday and we've got to recap the weekend because everything seems to always want to happen on the weekend when you're not paying attention. So that's what we're here to do. Joe Biden, we got to first start off there. Are you doing all right, buddy? You went down to the border. You talk to the agents. I love how the headlines, that they tried to admit the fact that there was an issue down at the border without actually admitting that there was an issue down at the border. As the news headlines, I was watching CNBC as or CBS News as they were talking about he visited a refugee camp at the border. And he asked, how many people do you see on a daily basis come in here? New individuals come in. How many do you actually see? And they said, well... On a high day, 900 to 1,000. On a good day, three to 500. Now, that's in a single day. If you have three to 500 people on a regular basis come through on a daily, and Joe Biden was very clear, I want to know the average. I don't want to know the high. I don't want to know that you know how crazy it is. I want to know the average. Three to 500 people a day. Now, times 300 times 365 days, and you can get just an idea of how overwhelmed those systems are down at the southern border. We'll get into some of that here in just a little bit. But, Joe Biden, I, I'm sure you're exhausted. You had to go down into the heat. You had to go down south to the border. You actually had to talk to people. You had to see for yourself how much of a disaster your policies are at the southern border. How you doing, buddy? I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. <laughs> Just making sure. All right, we got a lot to get to. Let's jump right into it, shall we? What's trending today? First and foremost, we have a Speaker of the House officially in Washington, D.C. They finally made it after a midnight vote in Washington, D.C. on Friday night and just about a near brawl, a physical altercation between Matt Gates and who was it? Congressman Ro- uh, Mike Rogers from Alabama that almost got into it. Six conservatives didn't vote for McCarthy but voted present, lowering that threshold, being able for him to get the majority needed to overcome and become Speaker of the House. That is after conceding to nearly every single thing 
that the conservatives had requested, including the vote, at least on term limits, including the oversight of the speaker, including changing the rules to allow a amendment onto the House floor, unlike what was happening with Nancy Pelosi. So they got everything. In fact, the right before the final two votes of the night on Friday, Lauren Bober and Matt Gates were on uh, Sean Hannity's show on Fox News, and Matt Gates openly said, I have run out of things to ask for. He has given us everything, finally, after fighting it, and fighting it, and it was like pulling teeth from the guy that's pretending to represent Republicans and conservatives to finally concede to conservatives to give them everything. Matt Gates said, "I'm, I'm, I'm actually uh, don't have anything else to ask for." He's finally conceded in writing on everything. Now they begin the voting process to nominate, so on and so forth. And while the Democrats laughed and they giggled and they talked about how broken the Republican Party was. They're not used to a fight because Republicans cower and never fight against them on anything to actually have a tough conversation. This was good. As I said all throughout last week, that was a good process for us to go through. Lauren Boebert says now, her tweet uh, last week after on Saturday morning said now it's time to get to work. She made a video of it just a couple hours ago as well. What a week, huh? I'm sure things here in D.C. looked pretty messy from home, but I'm a mom of four boys, so chaos and dysfunction have been a part of my life for quite some time. Actually, this was the most productive and functioning assembly of the House of Representatives I've seen since I've been here. Sure, it took a few extra days, but our conversations have proven it's okay to take a little extra time to make sure we get this right. Electing the second in line to the presidency of the United States is a serious matter worth our consideration and our deliberation. Everyone knows Congress is broken, but we just took a giant step toward mending it. History will show our resolve changed how Congress operates, that we stood up to the swamp and said enough is enough, that we seized the opportunity to return the power to the people. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Government's so used to now, in Washington, D.C. especially, they're so used to just going with the flow, doing the same old, same old, making the vote not necessarily as a you know grand thing of who's going to win and will it pass or actually not pass, but it's a sign of a show. It's nothing more than a show for you to be like, oh, okay, they're going through the motions here, but they already know what the outcome's going to be well before they even put up for a vote in the Senate or in the House. This was the first time in a very long time where I've seen government actually do their damn job on the spot and be curious of what the outcome's going to be without it already being laid out before them in the meantime. So, uh, and we're already starting to see the changes. Mike Rogers, that congressman from Alabama, who almost got into the physical altercation with Matt Gates, and again, I'm not going to spend all the show on this because I know this is old news that happened on Friday, and you've already heard a lot of people talk about it throughout the day today, I'm sure. But Mike Rogers from Alabama has stepped off of his House Steering Committee after the potential physical altercation, where he said the decision to move aside has not been finalized, but is expected to occur sometime this week. At the same time, now that Kevin McCarthy is starting to put the heads of committees which was one of the negotiation parts for conservatives, he has nominated none other than Byron Johnson. I'm sorry, Byron Donald, congressman from Florida, one of them that was held up as the alternative during the speakership vote. He has selected Congressman Byron Donald of Florida to fill the speaker designee slot on the steering committee. What does that mean? Well, I'm assuming the speaker designee position means that he's representing the speakership in the steering committee. The steering committee actually decides on who gonna, who's going to be the chairman and chairwoman for the committees and subcommittees in the House of Representatives. The guy that went against him as one of the 15, one of the 20 conservative members is now part of that steering committee deciding who's going to head up these committees. Jim Jordan obviously going to get the uh, judicial committee to do the investigations along with many other conservatives that will be part of 
the Ways and Means Committee or the House Rules Committee or whatever other important committee that they've negotiated for them to be part of, it worked. It worked. We now have conservative thoughts, at least more conservative influence in these committees than what we ever have in a very, very long time. Their fight worked. They fought against the establishment. They butted heads with them. They drove them absolutely bonkers in four days of voting and 15 rounds of voting for the speakership that hasn't happened in over 100 years, and it worked, and we should applaud them for that job that they've done. I don't want to spend any more time of it until they actually start getting some more of these nominations, but congratulations and thank you. Congresswoman Lauren Boebert and Matt Gates. And for while it may have seemed uh, personal for a moment, it wasn't as technically personal as what the media tried to hype it up and what Democrats tried to hype it up as. It was just fighting for what they truly felt to be the right thing. All right, let's get into what's trending for the day. What's trending today? Because now the world work begins. That was just the beginning of it. That was the hard, that was supposed to be the easy job. Now we're into the tough work here. This is where the tough job actually happens. Can we work together as a Republican Party to get legislation through the House of Representatives? More than likely, it's not going to get through the U.S. Senate. More than likely, Joe Biden is not going to sign a bill that's put up by Republicans in the House of Representatives. But it can show that Republicans actually have a backbone to try and promote certain legislation to show if they have both chambers that what they will actually do and what they will actually get done. And they will show where they stand on issues to put people on the ballot to actually make them vote and put their name on it on record. And I see that as a good thing. So the work has officially begun what's going to be up there because Democrats have their agenda and they're not slowing down and they're not stopping. And while they're in lockstep with each other, holding hands, singing Kumbaya, marching orders coming from the DNC in the top tier, that is, thank God, Nancy, not Nancy Pelosi any longer, but it's still Democrats nonetheless, progressive left-wing socialist Democrats. The next question is, what are they going to promote? And I don't know if you've noticed or not, but there is a interesting correlation between Democrats promoting a certain policy and then all of a sudden health departments and uh, doctors and everybody else coming out with, quote, recommendations that conveniently start siding with what they're promoting as a policy. Here's what I mean. If you remember during COVID-19, while they were putting on the mask mandates and the vaccine mandates and everything else, the doctors were lying, Dr. Fauci being the top one of them, lying about, you know, you must get it or else you will die from COVID. And if you do get it and get the vaccine, then you won't get the virus any longer, which obviously isn't true. It's not even how basic vaccines work. So the fact that they were promoting that was a complete lie. There's a new headline from the Orange County Register out of California. And this is being promoted now as a potential bill coming from the Environmental Protection Agency and the Department of Health and Environment at the federal level and Congress with Democrats promoting this, where, again, they're using the same tactic. Now, remember, the social experiment worked. When they told us to isolate, we isolated during COVID. When they told us we had to wear masks or we will die, everybody started wearing masks and businesses started mandating it on their own. When they told us we needed to get a COVID-19 shot, we did it. When they got the boosters, we did it. When they told us we had to do this, we went along until enough people said enough is enough. And then they backed up and said, well, we just don't need it anymore. We don't need it anymore. We tried it. It worked. Now we don't need it because of how great you did. Well, half the people didn't actually do it. But to the media, it's all the perception. It's all the marketing. It's all the PR. These aren't the joy you're looking for. But the social experiment works. So now they have their plan. And here's their plan before I actually tell you the headline. Here's their five-step process 
to promote whatever agenda that they're looking for. And from now on, look out for this because they will use this tactic on every political issue now until the end of time or until it stops working. This is their five-step plan to promote their agenda and to impose socialism and progressivism and big government regulations across the nation. Number one, it starts off with a health issue or there's a doctor recommendation, there's an environmental issue, there's a health risk with either guns or with uh, a virus or with high taxes or whatever it is that they're going to come out with a health issue in a health warning where doctors will even come out and say, you know what, we the latest study shows that this could be harming you. And coincidentally, it's something that they hate on the other side of the aisle. Number two is going to be proposing the alternative. Democrats doing something. Remember all the gun issues and all the crises that happen with guns? We have to do something to stop the health issue that's harming the the current population. Because remember, the general welfare in the Constitution is how they're able to promote all this, or at least they try to tell us. It's the general welfare. So as long as it's health-related or it's something to embedder the population in a health manner in some way, shape, or form, mental health, physical health, emotional health, whatever, we get to promote it under the general welfare clause. So now that we have an issue, we propose the alternative. And the alternative happens to fall in line with their policies that they've been wanting to. Next, they'll start going after the private sector to ban products they don't like in order for them to be weaned out and eventually just die off in the market when they run out. And when you get a new one, then it's not there anymore. And then it's a little bit different by changing by force. Then, of course, the transition into what they want, along with the demonizing of people who like it the old school way. Get with the times, man. It's old school. You don't want to use that anymore. What am I talking about? The latest one has to do with one of your appliances in your home. We'll do that and more when we come back here on a Monday for The Voice Reason. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into it. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch, listen to the program. What up? Welcome aboard. Thanks for hanging out, kicking off a brand new week here. By the way, hope you enjoy. We've been freshening up some of the sound of the program for the radio. Some of the new video graphics on the live stream and TV broadcast that we have. So however you watch or listen, it's the Voice of Reason 3.0. As we kick off 2023. You like that? See what we did there? Welcome back in. So we had the five-step plan from the Democrats now as we see the agenda being promoted. Remember, it's the scare tactics. It worked with the social experiment of COVID-19. Now we had the five-step plan that they're going to use for every time until we stop falling for this garbage. But it's going to happen every time. You have the health factor where the doctors do recommendations. Say this latest study. Doesn't even have to be health-related. Just has to be Some new study. The latest study shows that if you eat gum, then you're going to die. And that's what they think. We're thinking here. Oh, wait a second. Hold on here. They come out with the recommendations that so happen to go with the policies of the left-wing Democrats to where, number two, they propose their alternative is we ban certain products, we promote our certain products, and it just happens to fall in line with what the studies had to say. I've told you many times before that nowadays at universities, research and the results of certain research of science and of physics or whatever else now, unfortunately, doesn't go align with the way science is actually done. Science is supposed to be when you do a test or a study, you have a hypothesis, and then you study it and you practice the certain experiment, and then you see what the results are, and then, oh yeah, either my hypothesis was correct 
correct, and therefore this is where we stand, or nope, oh man, totally different results of what I thought it was, and here's the results of it. It's not how it's done now, especially when it's a government-granted one that has to do with policy at the federal level. They say, here's the results we need, craft a study that actually formulates this result. So that way they can say, oh, look, the results show that, but you know that it's skewed, it's limited, the barriers have been placed onto the experiment to where they only come out with a certain result. Number three is they ban said product in order for it to phase out. Once they ban the production of it, then you can use yours until it breaks, but you won't be able to replace it. You have to get the new and improved. What are they doing with the new vehicles? All vehicles must be EVs by the year of 2030 or 2040 or whatever the hell they are. So you can still have your 1990s vehicle that runs on the awesome like gasoline and may not be getting the best gas mileage, but at least it works. And by the way, way easier to work on as well. The hood, you open up and there's actually space for you to crawl into the trucks and the cars to actually work on them because they're not jam-packed and full of computer chips from the 1990s as well. I have, it's my yes, I know, it's my Dave Ramsey hoopty as I pay off all my loans. It's a beat-up piece of junk car, but it works, baby. It's a 1996 Oldsmobile Regency. Yeah, baby! And it works beautifully. And it's got that, uh, what is it, 3.7 liter, 3.5 liter, 3.4, I forget, whatever it is. It's a really nice engine, and it's going to last me until it falls apart because, number one, I don't have to pay for it. Number two, I don't want to get the new crap. Because every time that there's an issue, you have to take it in for them to hook it up to a computer. I got to take my car to Geek Squad nowadays in order to get it fixed as opposed to an auto shop. Drives me nuts. But that's the way they plan it. Just ban the production of the old stuff so what you can still use yours. But once it runs out, then <laughs> sorry, you just need to upgrade yourself. How many people, show of hands, how many people want to go back to a flip phone as well? I don't need a computer with a phone application on it. I want a phone. Number four. Let it transition slowly through that process. Number five. De demonize anybody else that doesn't like to go along with progress in the society. What are we talking about? The headline, safety agencies consider banning gasoline stoves, natural gas stoves amid health fears as natural gas stoves, which are, by the way, in roughly 40% of all the homes, according to the Orange County Register, emit pollutants such as nitrogen dioxide, carbon monoxide, and fine particle matter. We need to ban natural gas stoves. How many people still use natural gas stoves? I have one myself, and they're working just fine. And for generations have used them without any issues. But by golly now, they're emitting pollutants that are bad and could have health risks. The doctors told you, now we need to ban them so that way they just go away. Get everybody on the electricity. So when the electric grid goes down because everybody's doing their stove with their dinner and charging their car at the same time, then your electricity skyrockets, and then they shut you off because you use too much, this and they have complete control over you. Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason meets radio, this is the Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. You know what? Reason, common sense, rationale. That's what we're all about here on the program. Welcome into the show. Thanks for hanging out today. Hopefully you're enjoying a little bit of the new sound, some new songs, some new imaging, having some fun both for the radio portion of it and for the live video feed portion of it that goes all over live streaming, podcasting, TV networks, whatever else. You may be on multiple radio stations, by the way, all over the place as well. Welcome aboard. Happy Monday to you and happy 2023. Uh, a little bit of a sketchiness if you are trying to watch the video on the Ops Lens, which you can watch on their website as well, or app, OPSLENS.com, OPSLENS.com. Uh, the live video feed is there. Also on their 
app, but the Facebook feed, for some reason, has a little bit of a glitch. I know they've been working on that. It's been intermittent over the last few weeks, but if you are watching, just shift over to uh, their app or website, or you can go to our page at Who's Your Reason on Facebook, and you can find the video feed there as well. Let's get into our next guest and what's trending for the day. What's trending today? I am super excited about having the next, next, next guest, if I can talk today, on the program, as I was not even aware of this organization, but now that I am, I am super happy about it. Jexit. Ever heard of them? Jews exiting the Democrat Party. Absolutely love it and excited to have on the program with us here. She is the program director for Jexit, Sophia Menelesco. Sophia, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I am living the dream. Sophia, I have to ask you, because this is something that's boggled my mind forever, is why in the world is it throughout all of history and even up to today, why does everybody hate the Jews? What the hell's going on here? Why is it that you guys are always the target of everything? I don't get it. You know, I I don't get it either because most people don't even know this, right? But there are only 15 million Jews in the world, right? Mm. One, five. Right now, today, there are 15 million Jews in the world. Half of them live in Israel. Almost all the others live in the United States, a little bit here and there all over the world. Really not that many people. Uh, less than 2% of the population of the United States. Again, you know, we're, we're, we're very, very small numbers and always accused of, of the worst things in the world. It's always the fault of the Jews. <laughs> My personal theory is because that you, here you have a very old civilization that has practiced the monotheistic family values for almost 6,000 6, years. Uh, when you pay attention to family and children and education, uh, no matter what, there's going to be success. That success brings jealousy. And for the people who, who uh, don't believe in family values or who maybe need to brush up on that a little bit, um, I think that that's had a lot to do with it. Not a lot of Jews in the world. People haven't really met any Jews. And then all of a sudden, the ones that you do meet are successful. It creates um, uh, jealousy. And I think a lot of it has to do with that. Mm, that would make sense. That would make sense. Is there a rise yeah. of anti-Semitism in the United States right now? There is a, you know, anti-Semitism is like a trend. It's a wave. It comes in every generation. And what we're seeing right now is absolutely mind-boggling because we're seeing Anti-Semitism, we know that, you know, it, it, it is in some, you know, extreme right group wings, it's incidental, but now we're actually seeing systemic anti-Semitism on the left, in the government, in the government body, uh, with Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib and AOC and all the left-wing politicians, including the ones who pretend to be Jewish, who are anti-Israel, the anti-Israel policies. Uh, are anti-Semitic because you cannot be anti-Israel and not be an anti-Semite. It is the land of the Jews. Half of the Jews in the world live in Israel. Yeah, that is very true. When did really the rise of, like you mentioned, I mean, we come we come and go in waves with this anti-Semitism, but now we hear that it's all Donald Trump's fault. It's the conservatives, it's the MAGA, it's the Republicans because they're the Nazis, they're the fascists, they'd somehow love Hitler, which... I mean, the only person I've ever heard that say that is Kanye West, and he's kind of out there on his own anyways. But, I mean, is it coming from the right at all? Or like you said, is it predominantly coming from the left side of the aisle politically here? Well, I think, first of all, you know, Donald Trump has Jewish children and Jewish grandchildren. He has been the greatest <laughs> friend to Israel, put the embassy in Jerusalem, uh, made all sorts of legislations that are pro-Jewish, including making it illegal to be anti-Semitic on campus on college campuses, protecting uh, Jewish students. He did everything he could 
for the Jews. So it's absolutely not coming from Donald Trump. It's not coming from MAGA. But don't forget that because the left has had such a hold on the fake news media, any chance they get to come with the fake news media and, and put those lies out there, they will do because that's just how they operate. And um, I think that the rise of anti-Semitism, unfortunately, um, I cannot say that it's only on the left. I think that it's happening uh, on the left and on the right. We have to be realistic about that. But like I said, the problem on the left is that it is actually systemic and the people, you know, the, the left wing politicians are voting against Israel. And we are on the right with the Republican Party that is pro-Israel. And also we are uniting forces right now with our Jewish, with our Christian brothers and sisters. And we're getting a lot of support from the evangelicals. So we're sort of pushing back. I think that the fringe element on the right that is anti-Semitic, you know, you're talking about the Kanye, um, people who followed his, his nonsense and, you know, the, the, all those conspiracies about the elders of Zion and, and Farrakhan and those people coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. Um, we're pushing back against that because we are uniting. We're, we're doing a lot of work with the evangelical Christians. And um, that's, that's sort of, uh, um, if you wish, like a dam between, between the anti-Semitism and us. It's pushing it back. Well, like you said, I mean, it is systematic or at least more of a foundational stance for the left side of the aisle. You mentioned Ilhan Omar. I mean, when they came out with that hate speech bill just a year or two ago, it was predominantly directed towards anti-Semitic remarks that have been made by both elected officials and the general public that were predominantly on the left side of the aisle. And when they passed the bill, they completely twisted it to where they tried to not even bring up anti-Semitic remarks in there at all, but tried to turn it around to say, oh, you can't be saying anything uh, bad against the Muslim community and tried to say that the Muslim community was the one that was the victims here instead of the uh, Jewish community in America. They completely missed the point on that entire bill, didn't they? Yes, they did. And that, you know, that the entire, I think that, that the, the, the scope right now of the left and the globalists is to bring back Western civilization, to bring down our Judeo-Christian values. The Jews and the Christians, our religions are a continuation of one another. They are inseparable. The Torah is the Old Testament. We believe in the same values. We have the same vision of family and the world. And our, our similarities are far greater than our differences. And that's very important for our Christian brothers and sisters to realize that, even those who... Those who who might not really know that, is that we are as one. We are a continuation of one another, and uh, we, we need to stick together. Yeah, I'm into that. We're talking with Sofia Manalesco. She's yeah. the program director for Jexit. Talk, what is Jexit? Where did this come about? Well, we um, during the 2018 election here in Florida, when we saw that Andrew Gillum was getting ready to steal the election from Ron DeSantis, and we became aware of all the policies of the BDS policies, the boycotting of Israel, um, uh, Israel's uh, products. Uh, we started looking into who was doing it, how it was coming about. It was all coming from the left. And we started seeing the rhetoric from the left, how, you know, the anti-God, anti-Western civilization, anti-Jewish, anti-Christian. Then we started seeing that. And we said we have to educate the public and we have to educate the Jewish community about the fact that the, that the Democrat Party has abandoned the Jewish vote, literally, you know, they don't need us. So they've turned from us. They found other, other base of voters. 
and the Jews, the Jews need to know that. And we have been very successful at getting our message across. We've increased um, the vote for the Republican Party to over, I believe, we're at forty-four percent now. From we went from twenty-one to forty-four in just a, wow. in just four years. And we've been instrumental in working on that. And I think that more and more Jewish people are realizing that you cannot vote against Israel. Israel is insurance against another genocide. It's the land of the Jews. So the party who votes against Israel is not the party who's a friend of the Jews. Yeah, amen to that. That is uh, astonishing numbers. Congrats on those, because I've heard, now me not being Jewish, I don't know, but I've heard that a lot of the Jewish communities across the nation, while the progressives go with their systematic anti-Semitic views, that they predominantly vote Democrat across the nation. Well, it's been it's been a trend. It's been the same. You know, I, I think that if we go back to, uh, you know, when Jews arrived in America and everybody in New York and, you know, the unions came and helped and we're talking about people who work in factories and we're going back, you know, historically to a time when the Jews felt protected by the Democrat Party and the party of Kennedy. Um, you know, there's there's a whole generational thing going on with that. But it, it, at this point, the way the party has changed, I think a lot of people are still in denial and they're not seeing what the party's doing right now. But like I said, more and more people are opening their eyes and this idea that, you know, it's, 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 the, the, the Jewish vote was predominantly Democrat. That's starting to fade. It's starting to change very quickly. That is good news. Sophia, we got just about a minute yeah. before we have to take a break here. Can you stick over one more segment with us as well? Absolutely. Awesome. I love, love I love this conversation. In just about a minute before we have to take our hard break, in your opinion, what are the relations right now between the U.S. and Israel? Are we okay right now, or how have they changed, do you think, between Trump and Biden? Well, I, I think that it's pretty clear that, that uh, you know, Biden, with his pro-Iran policies, is endangering Israel. You know, the Democrats like to give money to Iran. Iran likes to give money to Hamas. Hamas likes to give, you know, likes to throw rockets into Israel. Israel tries to defend itself. Democrats try to defund the Iron Dome. So it's this vicious cycle that we're seeing. And I think that um, we're, we're a lot safer now that Netanyahu is back yeah. because he's going to hold, you know, he's going to hold his ground. But it, it's always, you know, whenever we get a Democrat like, like Obama or Biden, we know that Biden is an extension of Obama right now. So um, that, that's, that's always, always a danger zone. Well, you like you mentioned, I mean, Netanyahu, the comeback kid, coming back and being able to have one of the stronger governments in Israel right now and the strength that he has with uh, what's, what the media is saying is one of the more far-right governments in Israel that they've seen in a long time. So I kind of find that comical, but at least uh, I am uh, optimistic that he's going to be able to hold strong there. Check him out online, jexitusa.org. It's Sophia Menelesko. We'll continue this conversation when we come back. Anti-Semitism here in the United States. We'll talk some more about that when we come back right around the corner. Stay here for a Monday's episode of The Voice of Reason. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome back into the program. Last few minutes of the show. Boy, it goes by right a long way too fast here. I don't know that I like the new music here, at least for this one. We tried to keep it Irishy themed for obvious reasons. Last call here on the program for the last few minutes. Thanks for hanging out with us as always. Right now, we're joined by Sophia Minalesco. She is the program director for Jexit. Jexit, J-E-X-I-T-U-S-A. 
Org is the website. Go and check them out. I am so excited. I'm so glad to have them on the program. We're going to have them on on a semi-regular basis because I love what they are doing. Uh, Sophia, by the way, talk about your story a little bit. Obviously, coming from Romania, I believe is where you were originally from. You, you've seen the different styles of government and how the government likes to treat certain classes of people and certain groups of individuals and the rise of socialism that we're seeing here. Are you starting to see the same patterns in the country from the Bernie Sanders and AOC types as what you saw there? Oh my God, this is, this is so painful because I was, I was born in communist Romania, Mm. lived there until I was 11 years old. My father was a prisoner in a gulag for seven years for being anti-communist. And when I was 11 years old, we escaped communism and we made it through France and Canada. And then 30 years ago, I came here for the American dream, legal American citizen, um, naturalized citizen. I love this country. In America, the impossible is possible has been done before. And I, it's just, it breaks my heart that I came all the way from communist Romania to America. And here I am drawn into a political fight because I can't stand to see what's going on. And I'm fighting communism. I fled communism. And here I am. And, and decades later, I have to fight communism. It's unbelievable what's going on and how people are drawn into this, into this godless, senseless agenda. It's the, the, the brainwashing, the indoctrination and the lies that are being told. Um, you know, it all ties into them having this anti-God agenda. They want to get rid of God and everything. There's no spiritual blueprint. People are running around, you know, men thinking they're women and, and children being taught critical race theory and hate. It's heartbreaking. And yes, it's absolutely the communist playbook, changing definitions, uh, confusing people, controlling people. People ask me what it was like living under communism. It was exactly under being under a COVID lockdown. Mm. Imagine being under a COVID lockdown day in and day out. That's what communism feels like. It almost seems like that a lot of migrants that come into the country like yourself throughout the years and so many others from all over the world come here and realize the greatness of this nation and almost become more patriotic than those that were li- that were born here, that live here, and take it for granted because they've never experienced or seen any other parts of the world. Do you see that same trend? Um, I see the trend, but I also see the lack of what's been going on. It's because of the education system and because the, the parents took their eyes off the ball. We stopped teaching kids, you know, how, how easy it is to be successful. Being successful is not hard. You pick a trade you like, you stick with it, you do honest business. It takes you two years to build your business. And then you're, you, you've got, you've got, you know, you're making a living for yourself. This is, this happens around us every day, all day long here in America. It's called the American dream. And we stop teaching children how to do that. And, and we're teaching them that this is an oppressive country and that they don't have opportunities. And they have no idea. This is the best it's ever going to get. There's nowhere else in the world that lives Romania, France, Canada. There's no such thing as Canadian dream or French dream. There's only the American dream because of this entrepreneurial go, go get attitude that, you know, the American spirit. And they're trying to crush that American spirit. And that's the most heartbreaking thing. Is, is what they're doing to the children today with that. Yeah, amen to that. We are the last holdout across mm. the globe for freedom, and we need to fight for it every single day. Last question for you as we kind of wrap up here, Sophia, in the last minute, but are you optimistic going into this year, starting off 2023 with the gains that you guys have seen with Jexit and the other movements that we're seeing across the nation? Are you optimistic going into this year? Absolutely. I'm very optimistic. I think that people are opening up their eyes 
Michelle Terrace, the, the founder of Jexit, and myself, we've been working very hard. Siggy Flicker, our, our spokesperson, is out there speaking to people. We're getting traction, and people have had enough. The message is going out, and, and we're very, very happy with the progress that we're making. And if anybody wants to join us, we're going on a beautiful trip to Israel in June. Check it out on our website um, on June 9th with Tom Holman, director of ICE. The director of ICE, Tom Holman, is coming with us. It's a national security um, trip, and we've, we're getting more and more people to join us, to open their eyes, to come see what's going on. Very optimistic, absolutely. I very, very, it. very optimistic. I love it. Sophia, we have to get you guys back on the program. It is jexitusa.org. And, uh, Sophia, yes. yes, Happy New Year to you. I am so excited. We'll talk to you again here real soon, my friend. Wonderful. Have a great evening. Hey, you as well. There it is. Ready to rock and roll. That's how you start off a brand new week right here on The Voice of Reason. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Be that changing catalyst in your own community. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.